0: Invest me in my motley. Give me leave to speak my mind, and I will through and through cleanse the foul body of the infected world if they will patiently receive my medicine. All right. Welcome to Starving Artist Phoenix and Tony Machetti. So this time I am with Chris. I should have checked ahead of time. Avila or Avila? Avila. Avila. Okay.
1: No one gets it right. I don't even get it right sometimes. Gotcha.
0: Well, I should have, uh, I feel like I've heard it differently from a couple different people and I never verified it, but I guess I've just never had a costume. But anyways, <laughs> you are here with me right now. Um, so, I mean, you kind of picked an interesting, kind of almost like niche, like artistic thing to go into. So I'm going to curious, like, what was your first experience with improv? Uh,
1: my first experience with improv, I think most people's first experience that are around like our age was just watching Who's Line? Is Who's, it anyway? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I first got really interested in actually doing it myself when I was in high school in SoCal. Mm-hmm. So ironically, I started like in Southern California, near L.A., and I live in Arizona, that's where I do it a lot more. Um, but I started in high school. I had a friend who was a part of Comedy Sports High School League.
0: Oh, I didn't know they had a high school. Like, that's cool. they, did have
1: a, they do still. I'm sure I haven't looked into it very much lately, but yeah. I'm pretty sure especially out there. They used to have one in Arizona, too. A little over a decade ago, but I don't think they have any any presence anymore. But we can touch on that in a little more detail later. But when yeah. I started, I had a friend who was uh, his name was Kevin, and he went to a different high school in my same district, and they had a comedy sports team. And so he's like, "You should come check this out. It's really cool. We actually do improv, like on Who's Line and stuff." And I'm like, "Whoa, cool!" And I went and I saw it, and I was entranced. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "You know, this summer they're having a week long like camp. They have like an intensive camp for high school level improvisers um, every summer." And they headed out at Biola University, and so I went with him. So I just dove right in, and I went into this intensive for, like, a week. And I don't think I had any experience with improvisation aside from doing improvisation warm-ups for theater. Because I've always been involved in, like, scripted theater, like, since kindergarten. Because I went to, yeah, I went to private religious... Uh, schools, and they all have, like, pageants for Easter and Christmas. Oh,
0: okay. I was going to say, when I think, like, really religious school, like, private schools, I don't think, like, theater program. But, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no, that
1: wouldn't hop out, yeah. at, jump out at you, but um, they would have, like, the pageants for the major holidays.
0: Uh, okay, that makes sense.
1: And um, my my rationale for auditioning for the speaking roles since, like, kindergarten, as early as kindergarten, was if I have to be in this anyway, and it's mandatory, I'm not just going to be in a choir, <laughs> I like think you're gonna make it, yeah, worth yeah. your while. To and I was in. like, I'm actually gonna move around and have like a speaking role. I wasn't particularly interested in theater, like per se. Uh-huh. I just, yeah, like you said, wanted to get my while out of it okay. instead of standing around. Um, but when I started doing improv in high school, it was because of that intensive, and that was like the craziest week of my life because every camp, probably a couple hundred of us, was a high school level improviser. All of the assistant counselors were college improvisers, and all the counselor counselors were like comedy sports, like pros who were in the comedy sports theater in L.A., which is the National Comedy Theater. They recently moved, which is interesting. And I tried to buy one of their chairs from the old <laughs> theater uh, within the last year, but it didn't work out. Um, but they uh, they had us hopped up on cream soda. I remember <laughs> for some reason they had like an infinite supply. Of cream soda that they were trying to get rid of, and they never explained why. But they had like tub after tub of I think it was A&W brand cream soda.
0: Was this like a failed like sponsorship experiment or something? Probably. At one point they just got left all left over.
1: Yeah, I have no idea why. But uh, we didn't run out that whole week. And after I uh, went to that, I was just obsessed. I'm like, oh man, I have to be involved with in this now. And then the high school I was going to in that district where where Kevin's school was didn't have anything cool because it was brand new. If I had stayed at that high school, I would have been the second graduating class. I ended up moving before my senior year, but that's how brand new it was. And I was like, oh, we have to start a comedy sports high school league team here. And so I started to like talking to the appropriate people to get that started and tried to get the theater teacher, because, of course, you'd want them to be the sponsor of that club. And she was kind of not into it at first, like, really busy. Why don't you, you know, kind of table this? So I started asking around with other teachers, and the theater teacher felt like I'd gone behind her back. And she said straight up that she didn't want to support it because if it wasn't scripted, it wasn't theater. And I was like, Really? oh, yeah.
0: This is the same te- theater who, teacher who did, like, warm-ups, though, in the classroom, right? Yeah,
1: every theater teacher will do that. Right, yeah. And so I was kind of taken aback and I was like, really? That's interesting. And so it didn't get off the ground. There was actually another guy. I can't remember his name. But he had transferred from that other high school that already had a team in the hopes of working with me on that. And so he He was ready
0: to go. Yeah.
1: He was ready to go. I was ready to go. I was was like, yes, the dream team's coming together of people I don't know. And then (laughs) she told me like point blank, she's like, it's not scripted, it's not theater. And I was like, dang,
0: that's ridiculous. I've never heard that outlook before, like, from theater teachers. Because I mean, just like you said, it's such an like A well-understood tool in theater to use improv and any other aspect of it. Yeah. And that's interesting. Okay, so, I mean, where when you got started in, like, the scripted theater, Mm -hmm. um, did you know, like, that that was something that was already, like, enjoyable for you doing the games? Was that something that, like, stood out for you in the classroom, or...? Yeah, I
1: mean, it was enjoyable, and I thought it was fun, and it definitely worked for what its purpose was, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I started going to, like, comedy sports, high school Mm -hmm. league shows... And then also, like, pro-level comedy right. sport, like the adult shows sure. in L.A. that I was like, wow, this is cool. And then I went to the intensive, and I was like, oh, there's no turning back. It's, like, the coolest thing ever. Interesting. Yeah. And
0: so, like, I mean, did, did you, like, turn your back on the scripted theater at that point? Or, like, you know, go all in? Or? No.
1: I kept doing theater uh, throughout high school. Uh, my first show that I did in high school theater after having gone through uh, comedy sports camp mm-hmm. Was sort of a I guess a hybrid Of those two disciplines Because it was A murder mystery dinner theater
0: Oh yeah okay
1: And so there was a script To kind of adhere to And there were moments That had to occur But every night The ending was different And we rehearsed And I'm making air quotes um, The different variations On the ending What was interesting about that Is I was always guilty It was just How did I go about it I was like the doctor And it was, did I like poison him, or did I was it, or is he even dead? Of course, it's a murder mystery, so the guy's almost never dead. Right. Um, But when I came back, that was my first. It was kind of like a. It wasn't like I was jumping right into doing improv shows because it was mostly scripted. But that's where I got a little bit of the the taste for doing improv. And so when we couldn't establish a team Uh um, officially through the school because the theater teacher wasn't into it. Um, I just did as many shows as I could on, like, little ad hoc troops that would come together. Like, hey, no, you're interested in improv. Do you want to do this? Um, one time there was, like, a – there was a mega megachurch um, in town. This is back in Chino Hills, California. That was going to have, like, a big youth, like, concert. And they wanted an improv troupe to be, like, the bumper in between. Kind
0: of warm people up. Keep them yeah, to
1: warm day. them up and put in, in between different sets to perform. And so that was my first, like, actual improv show was as the filler in between bands – at this big Christian like concert, and it was it was fun. It was fun.
0: Interesting. And yeah. Like, did you guys have kind of like free reign to do what you wanted to do with it when they they had that event? Or? Yeah. As long as the yeah. Lord
1: smiled on it, we could do. Um, to do anything we'd play like simple simple games like audience involvement stuff where they would do like sound effects and
0: everything so. okay yeah so just kind of the light fun like yeah
1: the staples
0: sure yeah yeah the corner things. okay so so the comedy sports in high school just kind of died just like uh, once she said no that was kind of it you didn't really have a chance to go around it
1: yeah I what, what I think was kind of hurtful is yeah. I, at, so I moved away from SoCal to Arizona between my junior year and my senior year I, did, I only did one year of high school out here and this is where I graduated um And they started a team after I left.
0: Wow. Like, everything
1: came together afterwards. I don't remember if it was an official comedy sports high school league team, Uh or if it was just a team at the school being sponsored by a teacher. And I was like, dang, that's unfortunate. But at Hamilton High, where I ended up, Uh um, same mascot, by the way, so I didn't have to get new spirit wear. (laughs) um, They already had a comedy sports high school league team that had gone rogue... (laughs) And they they stopped being affiliated with Comedy Sports and just became, like, an independent team called the Urban Lemmings. And so I did that my senior year.
0: Okay, and I've kind of heard about them. So they have a little bit of notori- notoriety around town. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, or they
1: did. I don't no. know anymore. Um, my brother was involved in that, too, after I graduated, so they lasted a while.
0: So is that the same kind of comedy sports model, though, where it was just like the competitive aspect of it? No, not
1: usually. But yeah, it's a good thing to point out, for people who yeah. aren't aware, comedy sports is built around that sports motif, and there's a red team and a blue team and a ref with a whistle, and he wears the stripes and everything, <laughs> and there are rules, like the brown bag foul, if you say anything inappropriate, because it's typically a family-friendly show, the groaner foul, if you uh, say anything that makes an audible groan in the audience... Mm-hmm. Um, hesitation, waffling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we did not follow that model in the Urban Lemmings for the most part. I think there were some shows that were advertised as competitive. But we just did a bunch of games after.
0: Yeah, so it was Mostly like like a, what you were saying before, like a lot of people our age probably did when they started improv troops, like the Who's Line model of. Now we're gonna move on to our next game. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. You had your,
0: okay. Very nice. Organic. So how much time were you spending doing that outside of school?
1: Outside of school? Yeah. Well, Urban Lemmings was a school-sanctioned team, so I was probably going to rehearsal like I imagine once a week. I don't remember exactly, but it would be several hours.
0: So, but it wasn't like a during school hours type thing, wasn't it? it? was like an no.
1: Although most of the people involved in the team were also in, in the theater program where I oh, was okay. anyway, so... You guys
0: were all we were all getting doing, that time in. Yeah. yeah,
1: improv warm-ups and stuff, zip-zap-zop, etc.
0: Nice. Okay, so once you graduated, like, what was the next step for you? What was the plan? So this is where
1: the timeline gets very like J.J. J. Abrams-y and like all twisted, but...
0: Because that Terminator came back at that point. Yeah. Try and, yeah.
1: The Terminator came back. That was the perfect improv player. Um, so afterwards... I This is where it gets murky Because I did like a, a couple different things That kind of overlapped mm-hmm. And there was a team At Scottsdale Community College Called the Shenanigans And I joined them for I want to say a semester at least mm-hmm. That was fun And we did some shows at the school But a lot of them were affiliated with The local National Comedy Theater branch In Mesa Over by the Fiesta Mall They're off of Longmore NCT Okay and um, they were like, hey, you should come audition for NCT. It's coming up. Um, like, the cut of your jib, et cetera. And I was like, okay. So I auditioned into NCT successfully. And NCT had, I believe, the same founder as comedy sports. It's the exact same model. Right. But they're not as heavy on the sports motif. It's still competitive. Mm-hmm. But, like, they don't, their, <laughs> they don't call their players act-leets and stuff uh. like that. <laughs> Um, but they still have, like, the red and blue, and they have pretty much the same fouls and everything, and they do have the ref. Um, and so I was familiar with the the format already, obviously, yeah. and um, I got in successfully. I went through their training program for brand new players, and then because I was working a retail schedule, I realized I couldn't commit to the team. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, I can't do Wednesday. The Home Depot says I can't do Wednesday. Sorry. That comes <laughs> from the top. Um, and they're like, dang. So... Um, yeah, so it's, it's a cool theater and everything, and um, I enjoyed training with them, but it, it just didn't work out because of my schedule. Gotcha. So we did that, and then at Chandler Gilbert Community College, they had a comedy club that was sanctioned by the school mm-hmm. that began to shift, when my friends got into it, um, into more of an improv focus, because they encompassed everything, like sketch and stand-up, okay. sort of, as far as I remember. Uh, but when they started to involve... Improv, um, I was asked to come like, join up with them. Now, I, I, I did go to Chandler Gilbert at some point in the <laughs> 21st century. I don't remember if I started going before I joined or after. Um, <laughs> but I agreed a lot of the people who were on that team were Urban Lemmings mm-hmm. in the past at, at Hamilton. And so they ended up there. And the team spun off, which is like a recurring theme with Urban Lemmings, people, like they're they, they are, they're part of something bigger and then they go rogue. So the <laughs> that's com-
0: how it got, like the genesis of them, right? Or yeah, it just- <laughs> that's how the
1: Urban Lemmings started. So, the... Um, which
0: is ironic considering the name, I guess.
1: Yeah. And so, the the, um, the team that formed out of the comedy club at CGCC became the Reject Llamas, which is a very similar name to Urban Lemmings. It's an adjective <laughs> followed by a mammal that starts with L. And... <laughs> I didn't have any say in that. I walked into that, and I was like, really? Is this like a spiritual successor? They were like, no! And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> like, f- 50% of the people in this troupe were been learning to this some point. And so, we did that, and uh, we performed... Again, it was short form. You'll notice the pattern here is short form, short form, short form. Yeah, I did short form, um, like, almost exclusively up through college, basically. Um, and Which- it's... I didn't mean to
0: catch up, but was it that just that was what people wanted to do or like was there any talk of doing longer form
1: that's just what there was in in Arizona for like somebody in high school for the most part I thought but I can touch on what else there is also (laughs) that's going on yeah we'll circle back to that and that was going on Um, but the the Regic Llamas started out of the comedy club at CGCC and we performed at a a pizza place in ah, Chandler or Gilbert somewhere like there on the fringe and it was called the Cozy Cup uh, cafe and it was a coffee shop. And we used to pack that place, which isn't saying much because it was like two living rooms <laughs> in terms of volume. Um, but we did, you know, our short form show there and we spent a lot of time debating what our shirts were going to look like. <laughs> and we finally got them. It had the Cozy Cup um, logo mm-hmm. on the sleeve. They were like those baseball style shirts with the longer yeah. sleeves. Like- the day we got them and put them on and reported to the Cozy Cup to do a show they were boarded up and wow. there was no indication at all
0: how long ago had been the last time you were there
1: like a week within <laughs> the week we had been there and like all right cool ready to go back to this place that's always been open and will not close
0: and they give you the no indication they're like great same time next week yeah
1: didn't call anybody or say anything Wow. and they were just shuttered and we were like we have this logo wear now it doesn't mean anything <laughs> So, um, one of the guys had been working at the Brunswick Zone XL, like Bowling Alley and Family Entertainment Center, in downtown Gilbert. And that became our new base of operations, and we started doing shows in their bar. If you've ever done improv in a bar, bar improv is awful, <laughs> because no one can hear what's going on. Sure. It, it's a problem for the players, too. Like It's hard to hear what's going on, but like no one is paying attention in the bar. Food and drink, in general, don't mix with improv very well. just as a general rule we performed on their their little dance floor in there and then eventually after like we like established rapport with the place they moved us into the multi-purpose room which is way better
0: yeah that's I mean you have a lot more focus I'm assuming there and people come to it for the improv yeah and it had doors (laughs) which is great
1: like, on the technology tree of improv, if improv was, like, a real-time strategy game, yeah. doors would be, like, the thing to get
0: first. Put all your energy into doors. As soon as you spawn, you're, you're mining doors. Yes! Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. I I never really thought about this, like... You take that for granted, I suppose, until, like, you get to that point where you don't have it. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, is there any other kind of things like that you like? you feel like are just essential things that you've learned from performing in different venues?
1: Um... I did more bar prof beyond that too and so that same lesson was like ingrained um, but yeah the main, the main things I, I, I've stayed so far I just want to recap them us <laughs> make sure I'm not repeating them but um, food sucks and uh, an enclosed space is better than an open one Oh, performing outside sucks too
0: yeah, I've done improv like outside and uh, just like amphitheaters, like as people are walking by, yeah, they kind of get them to like, hey, come check this out. We need yeah. a suggestion. An but...
1: amphitheater is slightly better, that's true. because it kind of funnels some of the attention towards the stage. Right. But if you're just like at like a booth, Oof. at like an event with other booths or like in the middle of an open space of any kind,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's painful. That's uncomfortable. Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll always
1: have one person who laughs super loud, which is awesome. And they're like laser focused on it, but it's just so weird for everybody walking by because there's like two people laughing super hard, and you can't even discern what's happening in the scene as, <laughs> as that onlooker, you're like, I don't know if they're laughing at I'm not going to get engaged with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not, I'm not going to be the third person.
0: Yeah, that's a tough thing. Uh, I mean, was this, how long were you, were you doing these type of shows with Reject Lomas then? Like
1: how? I was with them for like a couple years. Maybe two years again. The timeline here is very muddled because I did a bunch of things at the same time. I also did an during this time. I did an informal jam at ASU. Like we would, um, we would schedule a studio in the acting building with like mirrors and everything, and we would just jam. Whoever wanted to come, we would just do exercises and we would do like scene work. It was a little more long for me because we had like Canadians who were, like the, the glorious PC master race of. <laughs> Of like comedy and but PC, for people who don't know, I'm talking about PC gaming, not like <laughs> political correctness. That's what the references, too. Um, but yeah, they were uh, there were fantastic people in that jam. Uh, one of the most like heart thumping moments I've ever had in improv happened while I was in one of those studios at ASU. So it was open to anybody, it didn't matter your experience level. There were people who've been doing it for years, and people who it was their first time.
0: Something like adrenaline rush,
1: like yeah. Okay. Well, but one night, this guy came in, and he was—I uh, think he was going for his master's in ele- uh, something to do with electrical
0: engineering—and
1: mm-hmm. brilliant dude. And he goes, "Hey, um, I just you know read about this on like a bulletin board or something, and I've never done improv or anything performance-wise in my life. I thought I'd just check this out." We're like, "You know, yeah, welcome, welcome to the fold, welcome." Mm-hmm. And there was this girl there. Um, she was kind of a negative Nancy all the time, and um, it's this isn't going where you think it is. It had nothing to do with her attitude. But she wasn't very aware of where her body moved in space, basically. And we were doing a scene in which she was flailing around a lot. That was just the way the character would act. And this guy enters the scene with her. He's been doing improv at this point for about 38 seconds in his entire life. And she extends her arm like this. Like if she had been trying to punch, it would have been excellent form. (laughs) And she clocked him. She got oh him in the jaw, and he was sprawled out on like he fell on the wood flooring because it was like a dance slash acting studio, and he was just out. And we we're like, we are so sorry. This is not normally how improv works, <laughs> not usually, but it could. Right, that's <laughs> be, the point. To be honest, <laughs> and he was cool. He was very cool about it. Awesome. He was cool about. It. I think he came back like one or two more times.
0: <laughs> that's that, that's brave. You yeah, come back and all of that. Yeah. It's a day. Yeah. Welcome back
1: to Fight Club.
0: Uh, okay, so, yeah, I want to touch on this since you've kind of been, been dropping it. So, um, I mean, for somebody who's, like, doing this all the time, like, you find that there's different, like, just types of shows and types of gigs that you're doing. So, you just mentioned, like, just a continuous kind of jam, like a weekly jam that you did. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how would you categorize that as opposed to, different like, other shows that you've done? Like, how is a jam different from just, like, a, a show that you, that you do nowadays?
1: Well, the jam was open yeah. for people to either come and join to, mm-hmm. to to exercise in or just to watch. But the main focus of, like, that kind of jam we were doing at ASU um, was to just work on the craft. Like, we weren't there to, like, perform for an audience.
0: So it was kind of an open rehearsal.
1: An open rehearsal, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so that's what we got out of that. Whereas... Uh, the regic Llamas performing in like coffee shops and, mm-hmm. and bowling alleys was just because it was it was a fun exciting thing to do yeah. and we did want an audience even if they were drunk and they weren't listening to anything <laughs> that was going on the most they paid attention was uh, one night our show got interrupted because somebody got hurt during a scene and I couldn't tell if it was a character choice to act hurt or not. None of us could. Oh we're like, "Ha ha!" We were laughing because we, this this guy was riding piggyback on a much <laughs> smaller guy, and the smaller guy couldn't support him, so he the guy on top fell off onto the, the wood floor. Yeah. There's a lot of in my stories. There's lots of falling onto glistening wood floors, <laughs> and um, this guy eats it, and he starts going ah, like like Peter Griffin, and we yeah, think I'm like, "Oh, falling. he's hamming it up!" Ha 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 ha! And he's like, "No, I'm serious," and we're like, "Ha ha ha ha!" ha. And then we realized, oh... And he had to be lifted out on a stretcher. Like, we had to stop for paramedics to lift him out. And we finished the show. Wow. We had, like, a 45-minute intermission. <laughs> and then we came back. Um, so it's very physical. But, yeah, we were, we were doing those kinds of shows as opposed to, like, jams and stuff um, to actually, you know, familiarize the public at large with improv. Nice.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, have you seen... The interest kind of grow or fade since you've kind of gotten started.
1: I think it's only growing, because there's more troops. I mean, active now in Mm -hmm. the greater Phoenix metro area. Um, Short form troops in particular, there are more of. So it can already list off NCT, which I mentioned. Yeah. I'm with the Jesters now. Right. We're probably like the the foremost short form troop in Arizona, and there's also Improvmania now in Chandler, which opened up uh, I think two or so years ago, and uh, so I would say the interest has only grown, but the center of gravity for improvisation is closer to Phoenix as a city, I think, because of the existence of the Torch Theater, which is the hub for long-form improvisation.
0: Right, I wanted to talk about that too because they they do things, yeah, very differently than everyone else that you kind of see going around town. But they've become an institution still because of that. Yes. So I mean, what what makes them different? What makes them stick to you?
1: Definitely the long-form emphasis. Yeah. I think that most. People, especially lay people Mm -hmm. who don't do improv, their experience with improv is, again, whose line, essentially. They're familiar with short form, or they did like theater exercises, which were um, basically short form games. Yeah. And because of that, I feel like short form, even though I've mostly done it, is kind of looked down upon, and I understand that because those games are essentially exercises. Like sure. Those are things you would do to warm up for a scripted theater, or for long form, mm-hmm. or to just spitball ideas, um, or you would do it in high school. But um, I feel like the troops that I've been involved with, where I've continued to do short form, the gestures in particular, are pretty good about letting scenes breathe more. So there's more long form influence, like infiltrating into the short form they do. It's, it's still got the gimmicks and the games that you would expect, but um, there's a lot more going on. Sure. Especially, like, compared to Whose Line. Whose Line mm-hmm. is so, like, boop, 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 boop. You know, like, <laughs> it's, like, riveted together. Yeah. Very precise, almost.
0: Mm-hmm. It's almost scripted. It's, like, one step away from being yeah, scripted. Almost.
1: Yeah, almost. But, of course, they do, for the show itself, they do film a lot and then cut down to a half hour. Well,
0: even that, I feel like that even kind of lends more to it because what you see is just what they want you to see. So, it's just the hits. It's just the, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's very awesome. Like,
1: Although, coming back to, it has interest grown, mm-hmm well first of all it has right. um, I went to Who's Live last year when they came through and, and the Mesa Arts Center's biggest theater was packed for that so people are always ready to watch that and yeah. like you're well, saying great. they yeah. pare down for the show what you actually mm-hmm. see on TV but even without that ability on stage and live it's similar like it's what you would expect like the beats they were
0: going to hit and everything well sure yeah No. Right. I mean they're, they're definitely talented regardless but yeah. Yeah, they have definitely kind of made it into a science like you said they made it into an art yeah um but okay, so I mean, why do you feel like long form hasn't like spawned more like groups and stuff around town? Are we just not well, seeing them? Or? It
1: has actually recently, yeah. um, the second beat theater in Phoenix, um, spun off from Torch. I don't know if spun off is the right word, uh-huh. but the guy in, in charge of it, um, is a, is a torture. Torture is that really is that I the Zeman? Like like it sounds <laughs> so dark. The torchbearer <laughs> sounds way more positive. I should actually ask someone involved at the torch what they would refer to themselves as.
0: Torchbearer is really good. Torchbear
1: <laughs> is nice. Torch err, like you get it, how it's constructed, yeah. but it sounds, it sounds like awful. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean there's a lot more, I think, awareness of long form in Phoenix now. And I love the style that Phoenix is developing. Like the stuff they do with the torch is very, like, unique to it, I think. And when I first became aware of that community, The Torch didn't exist in its current form when I first started. Because I started meeting these people when I was in high school, when sure. I was doing like the, region, the Urban Lemmings uh-huh. at Hamilton. Um, there was a guy named Matt Duncan who was friends with my theater teacher since they were at ASU together. And They had, invo- had been involved with like the sketch troupe there and everything. And um, he's one of the founding members of The Torch. And so I had been aware of these people since high school, and since then I've seen the improv community, particularly the long-form improv presence in mm-hmm. Phoenix, go from pretty underground to not as underground. Like, it still hasn't, like, exploded, I think, into... Not that you necessarily want something like to, to that to, like, sure. explode, yeah. but I mean, like, um, it still has a cool, like, kind of underground vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the Torch is a very... It's, it's kind of a modest venue it's so real. Like you go, have you been to the torch?
0: Yeah, I have. I went to see their um, cage matches. Yeah. Those times. are yeah. so great. It's, yeah. It's so awesome because yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so immediate. And like when we went, there was maybe six people in the crowd on those ones. Yeah. And so I felt like that almost kind of added something to it because like this is the true like street improv. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it.
1: And probably four <laughs> out of the six people were students there. Yeah. <laughs> Or we're gonna go on, and or we're gonna go on right after an yeah. yeah, it's a cool community and everything that they got going on. Uh,
0: no, I'm I, I I always kind of like that vibe of it. Um, but to to kind of jump forward in time a little bit. Okay, so you've been doing these shows with Reject Llamas, and you've been starting to do um, more shows through like the schools, the colleges, and stuff. Mm-hmm. When I first encountered you, you were in Names from a Hat. So um, when when did that transition happen?
1: So that was like three years ago, I believe. Yeah. I I had stopped doing. Um, theater of any kind or improv for like a year I kind of took a bit of a break I would do like again I would always be down to do like ad hoc stuff if someone's like we're doing a little show like just, yeah one off. if you want to be involved um, you know get the band back together for like a half hour I'm like yeah that'd be cool I would do stuff like that but I wasn't like part of a, a dedicated troupe and then I heard about Names from a Hat because a friend of mine uh, John Holdsworth who had been in the Reject Llamas and who does tons of theater like the Hale mm-hmm. um, even today he still does musicals and stuff there a great performer he said hey I have a friend uh, named Brittany She's involved in this troupe called Names from a Hat maybe you should come check it out they perform at a bar and I was like great <laughs> bar prov okay and then I went and it was at this place called Nacho Mama's that I think has gone out of business yes. uh, are you, have they? Yeah. you're aware? <laughs> yes. okay thanks for as confirming as far as I know it. I believe so it's yeah. very sad but Um, and I went to one of their shows and they had that bar
0: packed for them
1: yeah and uh, people were paying attention despite (laughs) the presence of like nachos and beer etc and I was like this is a pretty good show and they were you know very very street improv (laughs) even from like a short form perspective because they do they did perform a short form show and I became interested uh Right away, basically. I went to a couple more shows, and then auditions came up, and I was like, I'm going to audition in. And I think John rallied for me with Britney, and he's like, you need to put him on the team. And, yeah. Did and you I think did. you were
0: kind of maybe a sure, sure thing because of that before you auditioned? Or?
1: No, not necessarily. I mean, I wanted to, to be given due process and everything.
0: So what is an audition like when you're jumping into a new improv team?
1: Well, all of my auditions have been for short-form troops, mm-hmm. so they typically just have you do scene work with strangers. Okay. They have you play... Uh, things that are more scene work oriented to see how you like interact with people and if you're paying attention if you're listening because obviously listening is the most important skill to have Um,
0: were there any I'm sorry go ahead no
1: no I'm sorry go ahead I was going
0: to say were there any games or like things that they had you did that you felt you weren't 100% on
1: I not really because the stable of improv games for short form shows is pretty I don't want to say limited Mm -hmm. but the ones that people actually act on and like use in shows is kind of small it's like show twenty-five it. games or something. Sure. So you'll get like your new choices and like show me that. And well, always fun. But... By the way, I I said new choices. I want I want to make it clear that I, I I refer to the game as new choice, but I said it plural, be, in the sense that there are other games. You, know,
0: you do the game. Uh, do something else. Yeah, I
1: don't want people to think I call it new choices because I've never heard that. I've heard it called fresh choice and I've heard it called switch and stuff. Uh-huh. Every improv game has like five names. Just don't want people to think I call it new choices <laughs> called new choice
0: to me I get a bunch of angry letters yeah. from my professors after this like, here's a
1: new hey. choice your name for that game should be better yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but well I mean even so even if it wasn't something that you um, weren't, I mean I don't want to say not 100% feeling like a feeling that you didn't know what was going on but like Everyone has strengths and weaknesses that they feel like they have. Are there any games that you felt like you were weak on or, strength or particularly well, strong on? Like, we put the, we, by this yeah. time, I'd been doing it for like six or mm-hmm. seven
1: years. I could be completely wrong about the number, but a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't so much like the execution of the games or the rules of the games or the gimmicks of those games, but it right. was like the fundamentals. I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. am I rusty now because I haven't been doing this for a while? And like, do I remember how to listen to people mm-hmm. and like and, and make sure there's space for both sure. of us? and that I'm making my partner look good instead of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the Reject lamas, I tended to monologize a lot. Oh, okay. I would talk a lot. And one time yeah. my friend did a, an impression of me and it was perfect. He's like, I'm gonna walk to this side of the stage and I'm gonna do a lot of exposition before I walk to this side of the stage and hold my hand like this. And by the way, I'm still talking. And I was like, dang. And when he did that, I realized, I was like, yeah, this is uncomfortable to watch. I'm not gonna do that anymore.
0: But I mean, that's probably a good tool to have when you do long form, though, because everyone needs a monologist. Eh, oh them.
1: well, yeah, well, yeah. But I, at the beginning, depending on the on what kind of long form show you're doing, yeah, there'll be a monologist right. to provide like the the yeah. seeds for the ideas in the show.
0: At least you know you could do that whenever called upon. But
1: yeah, if I'm if I'm in a scene, I shouldn't constantly <laughs> be like reading a whole Wikipedia article verbatim out loud from my brain. <laughs>
0: It's fair to be fair. Yeah. Okay, so you auditioned, you you got in, you had some people already uh, pulling for you on the show, so that's always good. Yeah. Um, so how I mean, how was that different from what you'd done before?
1: Um there well it wasn't a bar which isn't that different from the way the format that the the Rijic Llamas were were doing it under, but it was more it was a bar where a fight could happen. It was <laughs> okay. like the one at the Brunswick Zone XL is a bar, but it's still inside of a Brunswick zone XL in downtown Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> This was in Tempe, and it was way more, I guess, grungy as mm-hmm. far as the the atmosphere and everything. Which isn't to say that fights did break out all the time, but it was the kind of place where they could. You wouldn't be surprised. No, I'd be like, no, it's going to happen between games probably. <laughs> um, but they were um, probably a lot more adult oriented, just because of that, because of the setting and what was expected of them.
0: Just within like the humor that they were. Yeah, they were playing yeah.
1: for like the college crowd, and so it was it was a lot more like that but they had a lot of people who were um they they had compared to like past troops I'd been on they had more people who were like really passionate about the craft and more people who were less passionate about the craft <laughs> so i people i was with people who were kind of like phoning it in for a long time now I'm, now i feel like i'm speaking ill of like right. <laughs> llamas but i'm not phoning it in but like they were they were interested and they were having fun uh-huh. but they were like in this middle area and then now on this troop, name's from a hat, there were people who were like, yes, improv! Sure. And the other people were like, I'm just here to, like, goof around.
0: So for a while, um, with Reject llamas, I guess it was, like, the theme of just, like, they, they were okay just having fun. They weren't necessarily yeah. too tied up with, like, trying to be the best they possibly could. Type of yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, was it... Obvious to the whole troop, I guess, that that was that, that blatant of a dichotomy between, like, the two groups in there. Oh, and Names were Hap? Yeah.
1: After a while, though, I think there was, it became <laughs> somewhat of an issue. But some people were like, hey, man, I'm just here to mm-hmm. fart around. Literally fart around. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, for no. laughs. And other um, people were like, I'm an actor. Interesting. And this is a philosophy. I'm like, yeah.
0: So how do you reconcile that as somebody who who is on the passionate side of it?
1: I mean, you. Oh, that's a good question because obviously you want people to come to your show, (laughs) and so you want it to be entertaining in general. Yeah, people do laugh at certain things, like (laughs) guaranteed. (laughs) But um, you still, I mean, there's this phrase that gets thrown around. Not thrown around, it gets used very deliberately, and I like it. I heard it last night actually when I was at at somebody's show. um, Playing to the top of your intelligence. Playing to the top of your intelligence. You've probably heard it Mm around before, and it's like. It's literally what it sounds like. I, I shouldn't really have to explain, it, but playing to the top of your intelligence right. is uh playing and conducting yourself in such a way that you're not just appealing to people's like base right. perceptions lowest and assumptions. Exactly, yeah. lowest hanging fruit. Like can you go further than that? Like how, how high can you reach and, and make it enjoyable? Gotcha.
0: So I mean do you I we were gonna talk about this a little bit more later too, but I mean you said that they are pretty adult-oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, is was that a pretty distinct shift for what you had been doing before then? Were you trying, act like, consciously to not go to that level?
1: No, not really. Um, I don't think we were... Co- well, obviously in high school you had to have a family-oriented show. Sure. Or the high school would be like, no. Yeah. Um, but even when I was in the Reject Llamas performing in a a bar that kind of crowd didn't really demand that and we weren't trying to be family friendly nor were we trying to be like as crude as possible we were just playing but Names from a Hat it was a little bit gruffer of a setting and I'll give you an example this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in my (laughs) life and I, I have a lot of emotions around this story because it made me angry too because I was enjoying it so much and no one else was enjoying it to the same degree I was. And I was like, why? This is so great. So what happened was, oh, we were playing a game at a show at Nacho Mama's, the name's from a hat, and we needed a one-word suggestion and just said, oh, someone said, uh, what is, I think I asked it actually. I said, what, if, if not, forgive me, whoever asked this question to get the suggestion, but... What is something you wouldn't want your significant other to find in your search history? And someone said, butt cake, <laughs> and everyone's like, okay, butt cake, and then and they clapped, and we, yeah. start, we were about to start scene. and I was like, no, and I started to like shake a little bit from anticipation, and I was like, sorry, sorry, wait, 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 butt cake? the guy is sitting at the bar and I see him now it's this dude sitting at the bar drinking like looking over his shoulder but still watching the show butt cake yeah you heard me and I'm like butt cake he's like yeah butt cake and he keeps pushing them together and I'm like wait bunt cake because that's a thing like bunt cake (laughs) he's like butt cake and I'm like butt cake (laughs) and he says butt cake and I'm like oh and I, st- I get like cold because it's, I, I, I go a step further and I begin to piece together what's really happening in this moment. And it, if, I, if, I'm a, if I can confirm my suspicion, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened in this bar, in this city, in this, in this universe. This is just the funniest thing. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, and I'm like, my, my hands are actually shaking now. I remember like, I, w- I was like, I started to like crouch a little bit to like, to like get lower to the ground so I wouldn't like <laughs> fall or something. I was like bracing myself. And I was like, sir, 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 sir. everyone's starting to get upset with me. He's like, let's just do the scene, the butt cake scene, whatever. We'll see where it goes. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to figure this out right now. Sir, butt cake. He goes, yeah, butt cake. I'm like, can you spell it, please? he starts, this? yes. <laughs> and he spells it. He goes, butt cake. Like, it, like it's a spelling bee. He says it first. Like, butt cake. B-U-K-K-A-K-E. Butt cake. And I'm like, and I'm like Sir It's pronounced Bukake And he goes I don't know You the pervert <laughs> It was so perfect I love, and so I, I love having that memory But I'm still angry That no one else Could enjoy it that much It's so good It's like guys This is funny. But now Here's what's even worse People who were there Tell the story also like they were enjoying it Just, I'm like No you right. weren't No you weren't You, you weren't on it. board <laughs> You didn't laugh at the butt cake.
0: Oh that's really good Yeah
1: So that gives you an idea Of how different the show was Right We were playing for The bukkake crowd
0: <laughs> Yeah I, I can't imagine That a lot of gestures Get a lot of bukkake suggestions No No
1: People try yeah. They were like, no.
0: Okay, yeah, so that's another thing I want to jump into. So, I mean, you've jumped back onto the kind of the, the actively clean kind of uh, crowd now. So, I mean, is that a harsh transition to make back?
1: I not as much as you would think. No. I mean, I think we all... So, so I, should, I should I should preface this first by explaining we all. Uh, something kind of unprecedented happened mm-hmm. uh, when I joined the Jester. So, uh, typically, they would not bring on as many people as they did when Names from a Hat came on. So when Names from a Hat was at its end, the reason why was because we were, we were going to dissolve, mm-hmm. I think one way or another, but we had an opportunity to, to audition into Jesters, okay. which isn't typical. And so uh, several of us joined at the same time. Me, Vikas Kumar, David Raftery, Bianca Milchescu... Uh, Solomon Cruz who am I forgetting Zach. what's
0: that Zach, right? Wasn't that Zach
1: that? had already begun moving to Los Angeles oh, okay. I believe <laughs> at the time but yeah several of us I'm leaving <clears> some <throat> people out but some people have, have come and gone since then but that core group that I just listed off is still with the troupe and uh, we became ventures around the same time and yeah we had to go from that mm-hmm. we eventually moved on from Nacho Mamas to the Mesa Art Center where the show was more tame
0: Sure.
1: not necessarily 100% family friendly to one that is guaranteed to be 100% family friendly and no, it wasn't as harsh as you would think. I, I don't swear in my everyday life nearly as much now I think as a result. <laughs> I just conditioned myself. That's so, <laughs>
0: um, so when you were making that change though, I mean, you guys, you said you kind of dissolved but you had this opportunity to, to join into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that a pretty common thing that happens in like the improv scene? Like one troop just kind of fades out and then another one springs up in its place All right.
1: it's hard to say because it's such an organic thing like they come and go and like there's for example there's like tons of troop names that you could say like long form outfits yeah. that are in the universe of the torch for example mm-hmm. and they will exist forever because they're not designed to be like a weekly thing mm. their members may have already moved to LA and Chicago and other places but when they're in town they're that team gotcha um, and they'll always, you know, be in existence in some form. There's like a loose collective of people.
0: Is the weekly model kind of hard to sustain? Do you feel?
1: Um, probably.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I. You don't have this institution behind you. I guess I should say.
1: Yeah, I would imagine because, like, all the all the there obviously there's a show every week at the Torch. There's several sure. shows on multiple nights, multiple shows, multiple nights. Um, doing long form and stuff, but it's. Uh, a very large, not stable, that's not the right word, but like 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 world of improvisers there who have gone through their training program and are associated with them. And a lot yeah. of the teams there, of course, are just reshufflings of the same people, yeah, doing a different kind of improv or doing just a different you know grouping of them.
0: It seems like when I looked at um the, and again I, I guess I shouldn't be saving a lot of these questions for people like who are like the founders or the teachers and stuff there but yeah. um, a, a lot of what I f- saw on there was like it's a lot of gimmick related shows throughout the week it seems like like maybe gimmicks like too strong a word to put it but like there's ones based on this this specific current events or there's ones like this yeah. the cage match where it's like you're going head to head and so like do you yeah. find that that's something that, you know, you guys have to kind of lean into when you're doing that many shows all the time? Or?
1: Probably. What I was going to say is, like, the ones that do have, I mean, the, sh- the short-form troops, yeah. like in the East Valley that I'm familiar with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, they have to do kind of a gimmicky model yeah. because they do short-form, and people want to go in knowing it's something they're going to laugh at. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do as much, like, easing into it. They don't have to figure it out. Especially since, short form, you're doing game after game. And there's an explanation before each mm-hmm. one. This is a new choice. Here's how it works. Now you get it, I hope. Let's do this oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it. And then another one. Here's this next game. Here's how it works. I hope you get it. We're just going to do it either way. So there's like a primer for each game before. So that's why. Short form is easier to get into because every five minutes, you're being told what's up.
0: That's oh. so. funny that you say it that way because I actually um, I knew... A, a girl who used to date an improviser and like she said that like, she really liked being there to like support the troupe and everything whenever she could but like she said sometimes you just want to go out on a Friday to something you know is going to be good like you know is going to be a good time and I mean is that that's something that ever point. hangs over your head as something yeah. like, on the other side of it yeah. that's a good
1: point I remember <laughs> when I went to my first show at the National Comedy Theater in LA which housed Comedy Sports LA when I went to my first show there where there were like the adult players mm-hmm. and they were all like pros and everything um I was sitting in the in their like black box theater and I heard somebody who was like a seasoned like improv goer. Yeah. With and they had brought somebody new with them mm-hmm. and they're like, What is this show like? Like, is it funny? And <laughs> 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 Boy, <that's... laughs> Yeah. And the guy, the seasoned guy was like, Well, it's an improv show, so it might be, it might not be. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Every week will be different. And the person was like, Oh. <laughs> okay, it was funny. It was super funny. Good. That night it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that is something you think about, and it, I think in short form it's a lot easier to guarantee that there's going to be ha ha laughter
0: because that whole game, the game itself is a punchline. So you yeah, know exactly. Gonna, yeah. Like
1: some games, it's the circumstances that you funnel yourself into on purpose are just inherently funny. Like games like Countdown, a.k.a. Half-Life, etc., where you know, you've got right. a minute to do a scene, then you do it in 30 seconds, you do it in 15 seconds. That's just a funny idea. Like, it's going to look funny no matter what,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: a short-form show will have stuff like that.
0: No, I mean, have you started to, even though you're you're kind of professionally doing uh, short-form more, have you had more chances to explore long-form as you've gone in kind of yeah. your life? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, along the way, like the jam that I did at ASU, we did a lot of like exploration and stuff like that. I mean, I've, ta- and I've taken workshops over the years, um, in various long form, various long form workshops, basically. But uh, recently at the Jesters, we have um, re- kind of reshuffled our, our schedule, and on Saturday nights, there's actually more of a variety type show, where there are um, like full on long form sets that happened there I did one called Grey Mirror uh, for eight weeks <laughs> it ended two weeks ago now but it's a parody of Black Mirror sure. basically and yeah we would um, get a technology at the beginning something you use every day like a cell phone and uh, a genre of television too so there was like another layer to it and then we would like like people say like a western or a crime procedural right. or like a high school melodrama <laughs> and we would like jam those two together and then we would play for 20 minutes and just see where it went and we would, like, have a theme song every day that was, like, every week it was, like, different. Nice. And so, yeah, no, we've, we've had the opportunity to do stuff like that, and we're going to have a lot more of it at that theater, like, moving forward. Well, it's a blast, yeah. To be is, able to stretch different muscles is great.
0: Is that something that, like, you guys as a staff brought to the owners, or were they looking to make a change? I think they were looking to make a change, like... Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So they, it wasn't something that is, like, a new, interesting thing? Because how long have they been in business, the Jesters? At l- least ten years?
1: Okay. I should know this. <laughs> oh, no, you're and
0: not. They haven't. Do you know? Have they ever attempted to do something like this before? I've, got, I've gone. I've gone to their that?
1: shows over the years, but I'd only seen like short form stuff there. I don't think they've ever tried stuff like this before. Yeah.
0: So, in mean, what is, what is kind of the mission statement with them? I mean, I know that it, like just from I'd say that it's clean, fun comedy type of thing. Yeah. I know that they do education mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, what, what, why do they do it that way? <laughs> guess, why do why, they? Yeah. What's their deal? <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah. What's the deal with the jazz series? <laughs> Um,
1: oh, it's it's to my understanding of it is it's if you want to go very like top level like yeah. what's the overarching thing it's to improve the quality of life like in that you know in general okay and to be like an asset to the community and I think that having more arts in general like any form mm-hmm. of arts performing arts fine arts whatever is a benefit to the community and the. The center of gravity of improv in East Valley is probably going towards, I think, the Jesters, Mm just because they've been doing it for such a long time, and it's a show that anybody can come to. Like, you don't have to worry about your grandma coming. That sounds weird. Like, I don't want your grandma to come. Like, oh no, my grandma's here? I was worried about this situation, and it happened. But, like, you can have, like, a child. You can have anybody come.
0: I tell you how many times I've been like on a Thursday night, and like I'm hanging out with my grandma, but I want to go to an improv show. Yeah, watch the jesters oh my God, yeah, um, But okay, so they they pretty much really consciously came into this as like we are going to keep this as open as possible and just have it totally positive. Exactly, like, that was weird. Time, yeah. I, sh- I wanted to say positive. Star Trek: The Next Generation, like yes, a good vibes, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. No, that's that's interesting. So, I mean, is that something that appealed to you about it, or? I mean, I don't want to put you in a position where you're, like, talking about your your employer or anything, yeah. but, like, I mean, did you actively seek out something like that when you knew Names was starting to, like, fade out, or was it just, like, the for people that came to you?
1: Well, no, it was through David Raftery and his okay. his connection to the Jesters that he already had that the doors open to go to Jesters, and it was much more appealing to completely leave my existing troop because so many of my friends were going to go over there anyway, mm-hmm. and so that made it easier, but... Um, what I love about the gestures is, like, a lot of the people in the audience who come probably would not be exposed to improv any other way. I mean, Who's Line isn't really on the air anymore, right. for example, and so for a lot of people, this is their first experience. And honestly, that's my like, my number one favorite thing about it is I'm like I'm I get to be one of the people who introduces you to this art form. Um, that's awesome. And expose you to
0: it. So yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, oh, you're listed on their site as performer, comma director. So how did <laughs> that come, how did that come about? I mean, and then how was that different from being a just performer? I forgot
1: about that. Well, it just means I, I, uh, I uh, maybe called on to direct shows. I haven't directed a show since last year, I think. And I think I only co-directed when I did. I think I co-directed with one of the other players in Kendall Pack, who's a very great player. He has a long-form background. Um, and he came down with his wife from Utah, where they were doing long-form for, for years, I think years. I could be wrong. It could be year. Um, But they joined at the same time I did, and I I definitely did co-direct a show with them. So I think I'm listed on there as such because I could potentially be called upon to direct a show. Like, I'm definitely ready to do it. I know how to do it, but I'm almost always performing.
0: What does directing the show look like to you?
1: My understanding of the director of a short-form show... Well, I, I... gained it from comedy sports because they were very clear about like that role it it shouldn't be the funniest person in the room it's the job of the of I almost said ref cuz I use a mm-hmm. ref the job of the host or the director to keep things on track for sure and make sure that you're staying inside like the rails and the show doesn't just spin out of control but also you know gauge the energy of the audience see what like they they need to happen so, like, a lot of times a short-form show will be, I, I, I believe, like, like paced a certain way on the fly so that it, it, it's malleable depending on, on what, what needs to happen. Like, even though short-form games, by their nature, happen faster and are more constricted than a long-form show would be, there are still games in short-form that are slower-paced, that are not as energetic, that are not as loud, perhaps. And so you may alternate them so that you get a variety and that the audience gets a chance to rest from like just being amped all the time (laughs) or not being amped all the time and giving them like a park bench to sit on as they're like hiking through this show.
0: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I mean because at a certain point like having that high level of humor I'm sure the whole time is kind of counterproductive what you want yeah. Tired, yeah
1: you need to have like a refractory period and
0: that's something you feel like you just kind of pick up from practice from experience <laughs>
1: yeah and from having director shows I used to, I used to direct names from a shows all the time Gotcha. and I think I, I almost preferred directing to um, performing just because it was fun like gauging like oh we should try this next or oh you know it would be really cool if we followed up with this and like and like deciding when the show is or when a scene is over mm-hmm because in a short form show, it's almost always like you know, like a bell, right, giving a solid end mm-hmm. to a scene, or the director is you know calling it out, and yeah, I just love uh, pacing and like making everybody look good. Like, oh, I know this would be a really good game if we had you know th- th- with the team we have tonight. Should we have more musical stuff? Should we have more physical stuff? And just being able to like highlight these these performers in a way that makes the show as
0: good as possible. So the director's got to be kind of be aware of every performer's strengths and weaknesses as well too that everyone that they're doing with yeah and i mean do you feel like you get into that pretty quickly or like do you yeah yeah okay. interesting has that i mean is that something that you feel like you've always been good with is kind of just assessing people and what they can do
1: yes and i can i've assessed that you ask very good questions for example so i'm doing it right now
0: well, you could assess that. I uh, have them all written down on the back of my eyelids right now. Nice. I, I, d- didn't, uh, I did assess that. I didn't yeah. say anything. <coughs> but, um, okay, so you kind of juggled the, between those two. I mean, do you do you feel like there's like, less opportunities to direct now? Is that kind of what the issue is? Yeah.
1: No, I just perform just all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, like, <laughs> rallying to, like, hey, mate, I want to direct. Because okay. it's, it's
0: so much fun, like, performing adjusters.
1: Imagine. It's, it's a blast, yeah. It's fun directing, too, but, like... And it's, it's like the biggest continuous audience I've ever like performed in front of as far as improv goes because I've done like scripted theater where it was like the ITS conference or something it's like every high schooler in the state is here you better do good mm-hmm. um, but yeah no, it's, just, you know, it's, a big, it's a big house it's fun to feed off the energy of a big house
0: and that's something I'm glad you touched on that too because I, I noticed that on the website as well is that you guys advertise uh, for corporate shows mm-hmm. and corporate retreats mm-hmm. have you had a chance to be part of those at all yet? not anything along the lines of retreat but yeah I've done several corporate shows is the vibe of that any different than performing for just a normal like house crowd (laughs) yes (laughs) well it's
1: quite often they're eating food Uh, food I'm like oh no my old enemy has returned from an earlier season
0: of this show um (laughs) next thing you know you're gonna be removing doors and falling on a gleaming wood floor yeah exactly (laughs) I know how this works so um
1: a lot of times, corporate shows are great, they can be very, very, very fun, and again, it's an opportunity to expose people to improv who have no experience with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the audience doesn't have any idea what's going to happen. Like Even if it's explained to them by whoever facilitated the event, or, like, or of course the director, they're still like, I don't know what's going to I don't know what this is. What, what, what are you talking about? But then, you know, you get into it and they're like, oh, it's a funny ha good. I like funny haha. ha <laughs> But yeah, sometimes you go into people who are just like deer in headlights, like wait, what is this? Oh no, why are they human beings on a stage? I don't understand.
0: Do you guys play up the audience interaction with that one at all? Yeah, oh yeah, really for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah, that's so much fun uh-huh. getting them involved. and That's when they, they start to click. I think a lot of times it's yeah. like,
0: oh, this is great. I'm Lenny.
1: Uh oh, Lenny's such a card. This is perfect mm. for him. It's nice. classic Lenny. <laughs>
0: right. Well, one thing I do want to touch on, just kind of going full circle with it. I, was, I mean, you you've obviously kind of gone headfirst into the improv side of things, but I know you mentioned, like, you like theater of all forms. I mean, mm-hmm. do you still find time to find, like, other ways to perform now, or? No. <laughs>
1: um, not, uh, I haven't done scripted theater in a while now. I'm, I'm open to, like, getting back into that world again, mm-hmm. of course, because it's great. I love theater. I love Shakespeare in particular. Yeah. Um, but I'm having a blast, like, doing improv, because improv is so improvisational that it's, it's like, many different types of theater together you have music you have drama you have comedy you have physicality Every, everything you could want is there except for the script <laughs> so um yeah right now no I'm, I'm really just kind of focusing that and what i love about it is the it, it probably has changed me quite a bit as a person in terms of like confidence and just uh, like ability at, in like the rest of my life like work situations yeah. like I, I can handle human beings a lot better because I've spent so much time learning how to listen and how to even though I've been talking a lot non-stop right now um, I've, I've learned a lot more about interactions because I've simulated so many different imp, like <laughs> improbable interactions for years now so it definitely when, when people like when like the directors of troops and stuff say improv isn't just for like fun it also has applications in, like business like it sounds hokey but I th- totally think it's true
0: now, do you... I mean, even though it's kind of not the the vibe that you're normally going for, do you ever find yourself getting into, like, more dramatic scenes, stuff like that? Do you do you ever think about, like, kind of shying away from the comedic aspects of it? Oh! Uh, so I know that's something yeah. that was... Especially when you get into long form, you see sometimes the troops just, like... They've explored every different way they could to make a laugh, so they started getting into, like, more of the heavier, headier type of stuff.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, like... um I am interested in in um, in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's not my focus. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested because the stuff like when I was doing Grey Mirror and stuff like that—that that was still ultimately a um, a comedy sure. show, but it did have a lot more drama to it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot darker for sure. <laughs> it was very Twilight Zoney, right? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, some, sometimes you can't help but find comedy in drama. Yeah, sure. Because the ridiculousness of the situation you know becomes apparent in, fr- in front of people and it, it resonates in a certain way and they're like oh man this is just like that thing from human
0: life like how funny that's awesome yeah no, definitely with comedy it's everywhere yeah anyway, um, well yeah the, I think it's kind of a good way to wrap it up nice plugging up comedy but there's a couple ah. things just going to ask uh, I always like to know about some people that you feel like are inspirational figures for you in the valley some other artists that that you and I kind of take a second to shout out I mean who who do you feel like is, is someone like that for you
1: okay um, for one person who comes to mind right away is Jose Gonzalez okay he is an instructor and a central figure at the Torch Theatre he is a beautiful human being wonderful soul and uh, I've always kind of I guess seen him as like um, like a pillar of the Phoenix Improv community interesting I bet he'd probably blush if he heard that <laughs> Um, Is but he, he, he's one of the people I like. I first met in high school. Oh wow! So,
0: gotcha. yeah. I mean,
1: I'm not. We didn't oh. go to high school together. I mean, he's uh-huh. like, he's been involved with torch since way back
0: when. But gotcha. And so he's he's an instructor with them. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not sure
1: if he's an instructor right now or what, because I, yeah. I don't take classes there. But right. Um. Yeah. Jose Gonzalez for sure. Um. Other artists. Um. Well, there's the packs. The like I said, the couple that came down from Utah. Mm-hmm. We have like a very long form background and a lot of like musical experience, especially Emily, uh, pack. she uh, is a very talented musician on top of being a ta- talented improviser and she just fuses those together and it's a blast and it's really fun performing with her and uh, with Kendall as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. Emily and Kendall.
1: Pat, yeah, they were involved with Grey- in Grey Mirror. They were part of that. So we had a lot of music and stuff going on. And oh, that's nice.
0: Mood is very cool. It seems daunting to get a musical improv. That's something we can talk about another one. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, anybody else that you want to throw out or? Uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> it. <laughs> Those are the only people. Uh, no, no, uh-huh. um, okay, great. So uh, besides that, I mean, what do you feel like you want to kind of plug? Anything else going on? When your shows at the Jesters?
1: Yeah, uh, Jesters has shows every Friday and a Saturday at seven o'clock. Are our main stage shows. There's also a show at 9.30 on Fridays. That is the Student Showcase. And on Saturday, the 9.30 show is that variety show I was talking about right now. We didn't have those the last two weeks, but I imagine those are coming back in the future. Uh, But for sure, we have our 7 o'clock shows.
0: And can people see you in those every time?
1: No, not necessarily. The, The cast does rotate. These days, I'm typically there on Fridays, but... Um, yeah, well, it's an improv show. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anybody can be there.
0: Excellent. Okay. And the last thing I like to wrap up with is if someone was uh, trying to start an artistic career, mm-hmm. um, improv, but not necessarily, you know, if, if they were trying to do that in the theater, excuse me, in the Phoenix area right now, well, what advice could you give them?
1: If of like improv, in, specifically yeah. If someone if someone or, wanted to jump
0: in headfirst right now and be like, you know, this is something I want to try. You know, what yeah. would you tell them? Take a class.
1: There's, like, lots of classes all around the Valley. Lots of different theaters are really good. Jester's has its own program. Uh, David Raftery, who who was the leader of Names from Manhattan, came over uh, when I, uh, earlier than I did, actually, and helped me get in. Um, he uh, is the education director at Jester's, so you can probably look into what he has to offer. There's always stuff going on there. But, yeah, take a class, or at least, like, start watching shows. Like, go to the theaters and start watching shows. See what it's all about. If it makes you feel good, then get into it. And if it's not your thing, then don't. Or do, but it's up to you. But... Um. yeah take a class thank check you. it out or even if if there's ever like an open jam of any kind mm-hmm. just do it okay. and you might get punched in the face <laughs> yeah.
0: get, let yourself get punched in the face that yeah. is exposure I love it yeah great. That, that guy yeah. who got uh-huh.
1: laid out at um, ASU is mm-hmm. now Stephen Colbert
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright well it's, it was a pleasure thank you yeah. so much for your time and uh, have a good one yeah thank you anytime If you or someone you know is an artist of any kind who would like to share their experiences working in the Phoenix area, or if you just want to tell me how awesome the podcast is, write into starvingartistsphx at gmail.com. Again, it's starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.